Hi guys, welcome to the Chastity and Brian show. Uh, we're going to do a little, Brian's going to giggle here. <laughs> now he giggled. Now we can start the show, everybody. <laughs> We've got the giggles out. We're no, going to no, talk, we <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We're going to talk about <laughs> some questions that you can use in your relationship with your partner or your spouse and some questions that you can use. I mean, you could use them with your spouse or your partner, but with your kids to just really build on that communication and how it can really change the structure of your relationship if you openly communicate. And these are kind of like dig deep questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes you go into situations and they just become kind of weird because it goes unsaid. Right. And then you enter this realm of, hey, what are you thinking? And then you... You fill that narrative and with you, your own... And you're trying to, like, you're making it up. It's like, okay, it my partner quickly. was saying blah, 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 and they didn't right. say a word. Or there was tone in their text message. Right. It's like, okay, let me read the text. There was no tone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, nobody wrote tone in place. That's uh, right? absolutely They're true. They're not yelling at you. <laughs> There's no narrative. So you can you could do these kind of questions, like, it depends on your relationship, but you could do it, like, once a week, mm-hmm. or you could incorporate it into your mealtime or whatever your nighttime or bedtime ritual is. Um, We do a lot of this, you know, the adult questions is kind of like when the kids go to bed, but the kid kind of questions is like dinner time. Mm -hmm. So we kind of mix that stuff up, but we're pretty regular about getting into these in-depth questions. And it's absolutely necessary to let, um, you know, all those brewing subjects kind of come and and walk around for a little bit and just shake hands with everybody and say, here was the real intention of at least my perspective on something. And then you can solve a lot of problems. You can. So the first question that you could ask your partner, and when I say these questions, this is, you do not interrupt, do not get offended, because this is the platform for them to share their feelings. Especially if you've asked for it. You've asked for it. And really think before you reply. You know, and I'm a kind of a quick response person. And so that's like challenging for me. Like before somebody even has it out, it's like I already know the answer. (laughs) I'm a quick joker. Right? Like to deflect whatever (laughs) awkwardness is happening. But these are like the things you need to do is like just relax. Think about it. Don't interrupt. So the first question is, is there anything you need from me as your partner that I'm not doing? Now, obviously, you don't need to say it verbatim. Right. I mean, it's just the concept of it. So this could be... You know, like, well, you used to bring me coffee in bed. Right. You used to, we used to go for a walk at night. Or a massage. A or massage. Or used to help with dishes and now you are distracted and you watch TV. So, I mean, it could be a multitude of things, but it could be pretty simple and you could be literally stomping out a fire that oh, could yeah. turn into a divorce. Totally. totally. Or whatever, right? Like, o- it can- Oftentimes, when you go back and you... Talk to people who have become separated and you listen to the two different perspectives. Oftentimes it's, it is kind of like the little things summed up to the great big thing that Uh, ended the whole relationship. Right. So the next one um, is, is there anything that I do that hurts you? Now, I mean, this could be something offensive. This could be something like if you're being introduced to a friend and they don't say, Oh, this is my wife. This is my husband. This is my girlfriend. Whatever. Um, it could be a nickname, maybe that they find offensive. It could be a joke. 
that mm. offends you. So that's something I know is a trigger point for me. Like certain jokes, it's like, mm, right. no, no, that's sensitive. And it's, yeah, you need to have the ability to express that something makes you uncomfortable or right. offensive. But if your partner doesn't know that you're offended by it, how would they know that it's not okay to do? Absolutely. And right? I think that's where we go wrong. We make that assumption that, oh, wow, of course, you know, that's a hot button item for me. And right? it, nine like, times out of ten, no, they it don't. It could be like a joke about, say, being barefoot and pregnant. And they, the one partner could have literally meant it as a joke because you were barefoot and pregnant. And that could turn into this whole thing. Okay. So I've, <laughs> I have to reveal to you that I've never actually understood that term. Well, I don't either, but it's a, I have had it said to me. So it so we understand it to be a derogatory term? Yes. Oh. Cuz I think the context of it is meaning like you're stuck at home barefoot and pregnant meaning you don't have anything unless I'm okay. there to provide it or that's my perspective. Gotcha. So unless the spouse provides for you, well you have nothing. You don't even have shoes. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. So yeah. right. um, yeah. I had that joke made at me before, and it was like, and then I, I was pregnant, and I was emotional because I was hormonal. So that was like a boo, trigger. <laughs> yeah, no, yo, for sure. Like, That's excuse like, you me? You the recipe for the perfect storm there. <laughs> like, we decided to have this child together, and now you're insulting me yeah. because I'm carrying your child, and I have no socks on. <laughs> so go get me my socks. So, anyways, I'm not saying that's the term that's going to be the problem, but maybe there is something. The next one is, is there something I used to do for you that you wish I still did? So, if you have kids, maybe pre-kids, you had date night Fridays, and now since kids, you don't because there's this complexity of a baby, which you're going to be facing, right? Or maybe you used to eat dinner together and now you don't, or whatever it might be, and it could be like a real fix the problem for people because something like that all of a sudden in, I know in a female perspective, it comes out as like, well, he must not care anymore. Mm. He used to do this for me and now he doesn't. Right. Maybe he doesn't right. want to yeah. go in public with me. Maybe right. he doesn't want to go in. So like, you start it's like, filling that narrative all by yourself. Like right. just <laughs> overthought and made all that up by myself. Right. But those are some things that really do happen. Or maybe it's a, um, an, a new routine you're in because everybody's busy at work. So you've cut out right. whatever. Maybe you watch Netflix at bedtime and now you sure. don't because you're tired. Or even cook together. Cook dinner together because you're yeah. not in the same schedule. Um, the next one is, do you feel like there is an area where something is missing? So is something missing from our relationship? Is it the romance? Uh, is it intimacy? Is it communication? Is it communication? Do we talk? Like, is there something missing? Right. And I mean, that's a pretty, it's a pretty easy question, but it's a pretty loaded question, right? It's loaded and effective in the right context. And it's better to have this conversation than in a stressed state. Right. Then like you said you were going to do this right. and you didn't do it and you're angry and you're hyped up and you're emotional. So it could really change the context. And so the last question is, uh, what would you change, if anything, about our sex life? So I've brought this up in a couple of videos lately, and I really brought it up for a reason, mm. because it's kind of like the taboo nobody talks right. about area. But 
really, there's so many um, relationship issues that stem from it. I think it's really important to be comfortable talking about it. So potentially you aren't comfortable talking about it. Maybe you can't sit at the coffee table and have a coffee and talk about this. Maybe you can't, but maybe there's a different way. Maybe you can um, answer these questions via a letter or a text message or an email. Like whatever, medium of, whatever it right, works, right. right? Like every relationship is different. having the ability to talk about that taboo subject, as it were, is definitely how you're going to uh, get any type of traction about it. Even if it's something that you both agree to disagree about something in regards to that, yeah, uh, it's it just needs to be said. It needs to be in the realm of awareness because if you don't, it's going to stew. And, and you know what? Honest to God, I, half the time. You just gotta be able to have the ability to say it, to and get then, it out and then sometimes it just it fizzles then away. It, then it fizzles away, but maybe it's not getting out. And that, that's the thing about when you have that sex conversation. Uh, if you're not having it, maybe your partner needs to have it, and maybe that's what led to an affair. Not that I'm blaming one partner for it, but all of these things build from somewhere. Right. So if if you're not actually having these conversations. What is it leading to? Because people need to be fulfilled. Absolutely. So and it's it's one of the actually the fundamental peers of what makes a person happy. If you don't have that form of expression, especially with sexuality, then you're cheating yourself of one of those fundamental pillars right. of a happy relationship with somebody. And if you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, then you will have wanted to have, you know, at least explored conversations surrounding any type of scenario that may be of interest to right. either partner. Uh, so I think those are really big questions. And I think like these could probably be marriage saving questions. Oh, if you started oh, this for, earlier in a relationship. Dude, for sure the better sure. because if you start early then you are used to this conversation and you don't feel like it's awkward i mean but if you've been married 30 years i'm still encouraging you to have this conversation maybe you won't have the dialogue all five questions at once right. because you've never done it maybe it's like okay we're gonna approach this subject. you gotta you gotta chip at the block just kind of ease it in there one question at a time. But, yeah, no, I agree with that uh, methodology is feel out the – you'll know your partner, especially if you've been together for 30 years. You'll know kind of what's a, what's a go and what's not. So, yeah, sometimes you got to just ease in new uh, concepts or conversational right? starters. So and just, can- just don't be afraid, I guess. Exactly. Because, I mean, communication really is the key to to all of these things. Um, and I think it will make a difference in the relationship and the individual's mental health, mm-hmm. right? Because mental health is such a huge concern. I mean, it always has been, but it's becoming more and more prevalent because of COVID and people being locked down and right. all of these things happened. And I mean, oh, I'm sure I read a, I'm sure I read a study somewhere. I'm not quoting it, but I'm sure I read like COVID led to more divorces. Well, yeah. Oh, no, that's statistically accurate. So, like I mean, 100%. if that's the case, what's happening? You picked these people because you were in love with them. So how can you re-spark that love? Right. Communication's your first your trick first in the basket. Your first go-to, right? Like, I got this. So then the next questions, and it's five questions again, and these ones are for kids. And it's really to, like, kind of suss out their mental health and show them mental health is important mm-hmm. and they're important. 
Um, so I use these questions with my kids. Now, I'm going to be upfront and honest. These questions are written out like as clear-cut questions. This is not how I have the conversation with my kids. Because I ask them, like we've gone through, I went through this with each of my kids before we're doing the show. Right. So, and they're like, well, okay, yeah, but you usually say, and they would give me substitute. Mm. Like, how, well, how, how do I say do this, it. right? Because right, right, right. it's like, okay, now I'm on the spot. How do I actually say this stuff? <laughs> so the first question is, how are you feeling today? But the way that it was written in the article is, how are you feeling emotionally? And I would say it more like, hey, how's it going today? Like, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you, like, annoyed with someone at school? Like, how's, how's it going? And this is really to... Figure out where they are mentally. Break the ice. Break the ice. Where are they at? Because so often kids get shuffled to the side because we're busy. They have school and activities and homework and friends, and you're busy with work and all of those same things. So you're kind of pushing them off, and you're not worried. But we really need to take some serious mental concern with their mental health. This is huge. Because it's such... uh, um an important part of their life where these uh, fundamental components of how they feel about these things come into fruition for the first time. So, like, now's your time to get it right. Right. Because well, it'll lead into their I mean, if you ask and, them about their emotional happiness or whatever, then, you know, when they're 25 and they're in a relationship, mm. they're going to be checking in on their partner. How right. are you feeling today? Yes. Like, yes. and that's what we want is oh, people yes. who are checking in. 100%. The next mm. question is asking your child or teenager or whatever, is there something you want to do with me today? Because so often, again, it's like, I'm busy, I'm on the phone, I have an email, I have to work, and it's pushing them to the side. So bringing them and showing them they are the center of your world. And you can even uh, work that into a schedule for, for both of you. you know? Right. It's like, hey, this is a good at thing. this po- point in time, we do this. Like, And this could be like, you could cook together, you could play baseball, you could do homework together, you could go for a walk. Like, I'm not suggesting it's one specific thing, but just taking the time to show a child how important they are. Um, so for my daughter, like for my youngest, it's really important to her that I take her to her activities. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. I don't attend the activity, she's getting dropped off. If somebody else drops her off, she's like traumatized. Right. Super emotional right. about it. So it's like, mom needs to be there. This is our special thing that we do together. It's the, and it's like, it doesn't seem important to me. Like, it seems like silly kind of, because it's like, well, I'm just walking into the door and leaving. No, 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 but I need you to do it, mom. Yeah. So that's, you know, when I can. It's good that you do that, though. I try my hardest. And sometimes, like, I feel like a taxi driver, because, you know, three kids, woo. Do you know how many conversations taxi drivers have heard in their life? I know they um, hear the good stuff. Right? Because in the it's in the car in the woods. So there's setting. something to it. There you go. That, yeah, and you'll see that if you've this. watched our if you've watched our car episodes, you'll see that. This is like the best Absolutely. kind of area to talk, right? Yeah. Nobody else can hear. Um, the next question is like, did anything make you laugh or smile today? So really focusing on the positive, like what is good happening mm. in your world. And again, I mean, you can rephrase that, but, you know, asking their kids about their day and really getting in there, like, what made you happy? Totally, totally. Like, why are you happy? It, it could make the difference, uh, especially sometimes they get, they get friends that allow them to kind of express that, but that's not always the case. So at least you have 
the, the, the tried and true foundation that you were the person that at least offers the ability for them to express themselves. And so, I mean, if they did thing. have a miserable a day, lots of times you can say like, oh, come on, you must have watched a TikTok video or got a funny Snapchat right. or seen a joke. Like right. really try to pull the happiness out because at some point yeah, in every day good. we all mm-hmm. go through something that's mm-hmm. good, right? Sure. I mean, I'm not saying there's not bad days, but I mean, you can always look back and go, okay, well, this was good part of the day. Yeah. So really try to pull that out of them. Uh, the next one is, what are you grateful for today? Now, I say that because in 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 the Western world, I think it's minimized. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have a ton of stuff to be grateful for. And lots of times kids or teenagers will be like, nothing, it was a crappy day. And it's like, okay, well, let's put it into perspective. Uh, there's a war on the other side of the world. Right. And those kids yeah. don't have food, internet, or a home. Yeah. So, really? You don't have anything to be grateful for? So, really draw it out. Because, I mean, as a Canadian um, and an and American as well, we have a ton of things to be grateful for. Oh, for sure. You know, like we, sure. we, have, a, we have a lot of things. Uh, it, our clothing, our homes, our internet, our cell phones. Like, I mean, how many kids are walking around with smartphones? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like tons to be grateful for. And you know what? It's even these are transferable to beyond just kids, but adults, too. Of course. Like these are this is a really good way. If you did these questions um, before going to bed and really getting yourself in a positive mindset Mm. so that you can release the negative and have like a good restful sleep. Right. Like that makes a difference between a good sleep and a bad. Okay, And then the last question Now, I don't usually do this one verbally. It's usually like a a text message because I can pick up like the bad juju. You know, if I can see when my kids are like, something's going on. It's like, I know. Right. What's going on? And sometimes kids aren't the best about starting a conversation verbally. They like lock up and they don't want to tell you. So um, this is where I might text and say, hey. What's going on? Just checking in. Checking in. Why Why you looking yeah. glum? Yeah. And then, then I get told. And then you're able to, you know, have that rest of the conversation verbally. But sometimes they need you to start it. So I, I will give you an example of this. Uh, last night, my middle child made a joke that I wanted my youngest to be a boy. Okay. Kay, that okay. was like a huge trigger right. for her. She was super mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. She went to bed and I went and said, Jules... Don't be silly. Like, mommy loves you, and I want you to be just who you are. And uh, about an hour later, she messaged me from her iPad. And it says, like, Mom, you may as well just call me a boy forever. And then a whole bunch of boy emojis. (laughs) So she's eight. So, I mean, it wasn't really descriptive. But I knew, okay, we need to get in and have a deep conversation about this. And it was like, no, Jules, if you would have been a boy, I would have loved you also. But, you know, I wasn't disappointed that, you know, I that conversation had to happen. Um, and then my middle one did have to apologize for, you know, making this statement. Because she didn't mean any harm in it. No. It was kind of just meant to be a joke or whatever. But you never, kids need to know that it's safe to share. And that they can express themselves and it's not going to, like, fuel you. Right. And you that there's, there's boundaries for everyone. Right. You know, like, that, no, it, it's not OK <laughs> yeah. to feel that way and to be, you know, let's fix it. I don't want you to be sad. I don't want you to go to bed sad. Right. So I think I think these questions really 
can be used um, in all sorts of relationships. I think they're good cues to start communication, especially if you're in a relationship that's maybe lacking communication. Yes, absolutely. Um, or maybe an aging relationship because, you know, yeah, new relationships are often filled with dates and fun and all sorts yes. of things. Yes. And as you get into routine in life, that sometimes changes and I think sometimes you need to go back and address. Even a daily checkup at that point is, is kind of more important than a weekly because, you know, things in the course of a day can change quite a bit. And it's important to kind of keep up to, on these to things. To know what's happening, right? So I challenge you, Brian, to, you know, have this converse, these questions to Melinda tonight and, you know, get some feedback from her. See how that goes. Lucky for me, this is... Pretty close Pretty to a regular, regular evening, right? Yeah, yeah no, it is in my is world too. So, anyways, this is our episode on communication in relationships. So make sure you like and subscribe our channel so you get notified of our next show. Uh, we'll have another show on Saturday. So we got another show coming up right away, and we'll be doing some cooking, and we will be talking to another person about their inspirational story. So stay tuned and check it out.